Rex Stardust lead electric triangle with Toad the Wet Sprocket has had to have an elbow removed following their recent successful worldwide tour of Finland. Flamboyant, ambidextrous Rex apparently fell off the back of a motorcycle. Fell off the back of a motorcyclist, most likely, quipped ace drummer Jumbo McClooney on hearing of the accident. Plans are already afoot for a major tour of Iceland. Welcome, Stonehead Trampling Dwarves, to Geek Salad episode 211. This episode goes to 11. You could not have timed this any better. Right. Nope. I just, I just actually just pointed out the fact that, you know, 211 from, to him yesterday. Yeah, I can't believe I didn't see that either. So, uh, introductions yeah, are in order. So, on bass, I'm Andy. I'm Mike. On guitar, Joe. I'm Catherine. On vocals, Mike C. Also on vocals, Todd. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Been a while. We got the band back together. Woo! Been We're a while. Full, it's the supergroup. We're at full Voltron. Yes, it's, it's the supergroup with Mike and Cola Classic. <laughs> you got it. Survivor, if they had both the dude with the beret and the other guy. All right, I'm the guy with the beret. No, man. no you know what? You know what we are? We're Asia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but John Wetton's dead, so. <laughs> at least, the, at least the guy, at least the survivor guy with beret is still alive. That's true. That's true. And, and the other survivor guy is dead too. Yeah, I know. Oof. Well, this took a dark turn already. Yeah, Jesus. Rather than talk about real bands, let's talk about what we came here to talk about and some fictional bands. Thank you, Mike. Tonight, we are about our favorite fictional bands. And just like our, our, our darkest moments in Disney uh, podcast, y'all did most of the work for us. So thank you <laughs> thank very you. Amazing fans and listeners. Uh, so I think we just kick it right off with our social media feedback. I'm actually going to start with a message I got from Facebook Messenger and a uh, one-time guest on the show and fan of the show, Matt Jones. Who brought <laughs> Matt writes, I, I got a couple of fictional ban- um, bands. Um, he does love this topic, but he's going to avoid, and we'll, we'll talk about it later, Spinal Tap and all the others from the GCCU, the Christopher Guest Cinematic Universe. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So first up um, on Matt's list is The Wonders, a.k.a. The Oneaters, from that show. No, look. The Wonders. Yeah, it looks like The Oneaters. No, the, The Wonders. Got it. Looks like The Oneaters. (laughs) <laughs> you know what for a fake band it is one of the most infectious songs oh the the, the the title song for that movie is i mean you couldn't get more 
hooky than that. I mean, that was wow. just like, <laughs> yeah, that's true. It, 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 is a, it is a good Schlesinger. song. Yeah. What's that, Todd? Yeah, R.I.P. Adam Schlesinger. He yeah. wrote all the music for that, and he passed away last year. Yeah, he was one of the first celebrity uh, COVID deaths. Yep. Yep. Um, you know what the funny thing about this song too is is that it's been a long time since I've seen the movie, but the the fact that it was originally supposed to be written as like a slow ballady song. Yeah. And um, you know, Tom Hanks's stand-in, Tom Everett Scott, comes in and just kicks up the the rhythm with the bait with the uh, the drums. Mm-hmm. What do you mean, uh, discount Tom Hanks? Yes, discount Tom Hanks. <laughs> hey, that shades to you. That shades. Yeah. Well, it's funny oh, you mentioned that. Like everybody knows that one song, but I feel like the other songs in that movie by the Onetters are are great. You know, Little Wild One is a great song. Dance with Me Tonight with Lenny on the vocals. I love that movie. Can you tell? Yeah, the whole soundtrack. <laughs> is, the whole soundtrack is, is excellent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I really, I really enjoy it. I think it's it's fun. I gotta go back and watch it again. I really, I really loved it when it first came out. Yeah. So then Matt uh, writes, Drive Shaft, Charlie's band from Lost, and their smash hit, All You, ev- uh, you All Everybody. And then Matt also writes, uh, and of course, got to mention uh, Fergin Dan and the model nodes. A tragedy, poor life choices, and an intergalactic war took them from the top of the charts and sold out orbital stadiums to the shame of being the house band in the most wretched hive of scum and villainy. And for a brief moment, we were bigger than the emperor and then poof, cover tunes and a whole bar in the middle of bum tattooing. This is the story of Figrin Don and the modal nodes, but the galaxy only knows them as the Cantina Band, behind the music. <laughs> From uh, Star Wars. Oh, yeah. The Cantina Cantina Band. Yeah, the Cantina Band. You know, I never knew they had a name until now, actually. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Never, so, yeah. When 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 you said when you said that, I'm like, wait a second, what? Who the hell's that? that that's not Max Rebo. Yeah. <laughs> no, that, I, I, there's no I, there's no size noodles in that. What are you talking about? <laughs> there is a comedian named Paul F. Tompkins who you may know of. Uh, he frequently oh, yeah. on Comedy Bang Bang, which is one of my favorite yep. podcasts. And, and, and they, behind the bastards. Yep. yep. They <laughs> always always talk about figuring Dan in the modal nodes. And they do their own rendition of the Cantina song. It's amazing. But uh, I always thought they were just big ants playing instruments. <laughs> okay. The the nerd in me has to come out. They're actually yeah. called Biff. All right. They, that is that is the species that, that right. the band is. They're Biff. Yeah, big ants. <laughs> Phil, you got to get out more, man. I know, right? Mm-hmm. He's got you kids. Know, you know who won't? 
be playing instruments as they are ants? <laughs> Raytheon? <laughs> the wonderful services and products that sponsored this podcast. <laughs> so next up on uh, Matt's list is, I'm not sure if the Blues Brothers Townsends, except for Belushi and Acro, the other band members were essentially playing themselves. So it could uh, be considered a real band, kind of. I guess you're really up shit creek. I beg your pardon, what did you say? I offered to help you. Mm -hmm. You refused to take our money. Mm -hmm. Then I said, I guess you're really up shit creek. Ow! Christ, Jake, take it easy, man. Ow! Oh, Jesus Christ! Ow! Jesus Christ! Fuck you, bitch! bitch. Hey. I'll allow it. I think there's a lot of like gray area for bands that actually went on to do things, even though there is no real Jake in Elwood Blues. Right. Right. Well, I mean, no, no but, but, but you know, TV. Right, and and you you got to imagine a lot of this. You know, they did create some hits. You know that got. Airplay outside of the movie and SNL, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and, and there's I'll other, tell you though. Okay, Catherine. Uh, there are some other bands on the list. At least one band that I was like, I don't think this counts, but uh, we are counting it. So I will get to that later. Cool. I mean, like, I will say Dan Aykroyd's rendition of Rubber Biscuits pretty phenomenal. I mean, the way he—that's not an easy song to sing, and he nails it. Yeah. No, Dan Aykroyd, especially when he was young and full of cocaine, was <laughs> he was actually a really talented musician. And now he just kind of like comes across as that dude, like kind of like a Bruce Willis who just wants to be a soul man, but is just like, uh-huh. <laughs> hey, do not diss Bruno. <laughs> He's, respect yourself. Come on, that is a classic. Is Bruno on the list, Mike? Did you put Bruno on the list, Mike? I did, but now I should have. <laughs> Bruno in. <laughs> oh, Mike, I'm so dis- Mike, I'm so disappointed in you. Hey, I got some good stuff on my list, so. I know, I know. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so the next up, uh, thank you, Matt. Uh, so next up through Facebook, uh, Mike's girlfriend, Jana, brings up the Pinheads, featuring Marty McFly on lead guitar. Darn loud. They're too darn loud. Make history. Basically, they pulled a Millie Vanilli, and Marty just basically played the uh, little solo there. Oh, man. Well, the the funny thing, first of all, I just want to point out, because I point this out every time we talk about the Pinheads, that essentially the crux of that scene is that Huey Lewis thinks his own song sucks. Yeah. (laughs) That's the joke. Huey Lewis has a great sense of humor about his music. 
Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a man that knows his lane. That's why. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But the other thing with, with the pinheads, too, is that li- literally, I mean, you're going to an audition to play in a dance, and what are you, you're jerking off with the guitar is all you're doing. It's not even like. Subtle. Yeah, it's not even subtle. It's just like, you know, him and the bass player with no eyes, you know, are just like, just, yeah. Well, you, yes, but well, keep in mind, this was the 80s. Mm, that was the yeah. thing back then. Well, and, that's also going to come into play later in one of my bands. Yeah. Well, and, here, here's here's the bring, bottom line for Marty McFly. Jennifer loved it. So it's a win for him. A fair there point. That's true. Which Jennifer? Yeah, I was about to say the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Not Elizabeth's shoe, the other one. Okay. Claudia Wells. Yeah. The good, okay. the good yeah. one. The good, the good, good Jennifer. <laughs> All right. Now we're gonna put some, we're gonna put, spend a little time on here because it, not only is it a great band that was one of the inspirations for today's show, uh, but my lovely wife Autumn brought this one up. Final tap. Trilogy, really, a musical trilogy that I'm doing in D minor, which I always find is really the saddest of all keys. Really, I don't know why, but it makes people weep instantly to play a. It's a horn part. It's very pretty. You know, just simple lines intertwining. You know, very much like I'm really influenced by Mozart and Bach, and it's sort of in between those. It's really, it's like a Mach piece, really. It's, what do you call this? Well, this piece is called uh, "Lick My Love Pump." Oh, it, it can be easily said that Spinal Tap is the most successful fictional band in the history of fictional bands. Yeah, <laughs> definitely up there. Yeah, yeah, but th- th- they shouldn't play Boston. It's not a big college town. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of Philly gigs. That's okay. It's not a big rock and roll town. <laughs> yeah, don't worry about I was, it. I was watching their mockumentary now that I'm, I'm more familiar with such things because the first time I watched it, I was just not familiar with the whole thing, like mockumentaries, and I was like, this is this is not fun because I was expecting something completely different. But I was re-watching it, and I'm like, God, they're so young. <laughs> oh yeah, Harry, oh, especially like Harry Shearer and stuff like that. Oh, Harry yeah. Shearer. And, oh, oh, I'm gonna have to look up his name. Hang on, uh, continue. Oh, wait, Harry Shearer's character's name? No, 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 the other actor that I'm thinking of. Oh, okay. Michael McKeon. Michael McKeon. Michael McKeon. Yep, that's the one. Yep. I. This movie is everything. Every rock trope known to man is in this movie. And I love, like, the, the Bruce Dickinson inspiration of Nigel Tufnell. <laughs> <laughs> but I, but, but I, one of the things that makes Spinal Tap so successful is that you talk to, you know, you see so many documentaries about, you know, about it. And so many rock bands and music artists say, yeah, no, that's really what it's like, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's, 
it's it's not all drugs, sex, and rock and roll. Ninety percent of the time, it's that. Yep. How many times yep. do we have to tell you Spinal Tap then Puppet Show? <laughs> <laughs> the best part of that movie is every live show you see them do, something goes wrong. Yeah. That's the great thing about it. Like you've got the one time where you know, like I said, you know, Derek Small's Harry Shearer gets stuck in the. Uh, Stuck in that little cocoon thing in there the whole time. He's trying to play. And it finally opens at the end of the song. You know, and of course, you know, the big one is Stonehenge when the, they got the dimensions wrong and it's like tiny. The only time in human history where Stonehenge was in danger of being trampled by a dwarf. <laughs> and then, of course, the band kept getting lost. So they tried to get on stage and they got lost yeah. in like the bowels of the stadium. <laughs> Rock and roll! Yeah! yeah. Uh, hey, hello, uh, hello, Cleveland! What? <laughs> And then they were they were on uh, the Simpsons. Yep. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. I love and, uh, the- that their 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 giant uh, thing deflated. Yeah. <laughs> and they had two albums. They're backstage, uh, you know, and they're dealing with the craft service, and it's like they had the tiny bread. Yeah. And it, and he just couldn't figure out exactly how the you were supposed to make a, a tiny sandwich. Well, what am I supposed to do the meat. with this? Well, if I, no, no, you're folding the bread. No, fold the meat. Oh, how do you... Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. And you know what's it. really great? You know what's really great about that that movie and, and those guys who, who were in that fictional band is the soundtrack and in the movie itself, Cups and Cakes, Give Me Some Money, yeah. Listen to the Flower People. It's not just that hard rock right. um, thing that they're doing. They go back to the Rolling Stones and like... Well, it, well what it is is... is yeah, well, it, it tracks along with a lot of like the the mid to seventies heavy metal bands. A lot of them started out as like folk bands or all, you know, basically what we can yeah. what would be will be considered alt rock in the late sixties and stuff like that. Right. You know. And it, but it's that they all just, of the songs are great. Right, yeah, and they don't they don't they don't just poke fun at like heavy metal. Like a lot of the stuff is like, you know, the pink, you know, the 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 stuff deflating on stage is like. You know the Pink Floyd stuff. You know, like it, it, it's Brandy. great. Yeah, and the and the drummer yeah. keep that and they always keep losing it. A drummer kept dying on the in the. It was like a curse that every drummer they had died. <laughs> right. Like Ed Begley Jr. was the first one. He was what Stumpy Joe. Or oh, that's right. I forgot Ed Begley was in this. <laughs> He's got the big coke ball glasses. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they just, just keep combusting. Big tall blonde geek with glasses, and he he was amazing. Uh, and he died. <laughs> <laughs> and the yeah. whole scene the album reviews oh yeah oh, God. <laughs> the question on what day did God create Spinal Tap and couldn't he have rested on that day too <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, your album Shark Sandwich uh, there was only a, a two word review for that shit sandwich <laughs> <laughs> but I ask you, how much more black could they make that, uh, that album cover? Yeah. <laughs> and the correct answer is none. None more black. None more black. They, they I, didn't have the, the new technology of the blackest black that ever blacked. Right. <laughs> I love, too, in this Paul Shearer's character, or Paul Schaefer's character, Artie Fufkin, uh, Polymore Records. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Early 80s, like, record. A, you know, A and R guy. He's got like that, that, like that, that tiny velvet jacket, and yeah. <laughs> it, all, all, his only job is to make them happy. Like, okay, I fucked up. I, you know, I fucked up. Right, 
kick my ass, please. I'm asking you. It's our favor. <laughs> kick my ass for a man, please. <laughs> it's such a, it really is such a great, I gotta go back and watch that. I can't wait. That's one of those movies. I can't wait a few more years. I can introduce that to, to at least one of my children. Oh yeah. God. Yeah. Yeah. It's and just, then, it's this is this is going to be super shocking to everybody. I have uh, the soundtrack on vinyl. And of course you do. Nice. What? Crazy, I know. <laughs> well, you know, big bottoms, big bottoms. Talk about fun, bake, fun cakes. My girls got them. <laughs> <laughs> or hellhole. <laughs> yeah. I think Sex my title out of all of them is tonight. I'm going to rock it tonight. <laughs> these are all like alternate queen song titles i don't know what you guys <laughs> basically basically yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 how clumsy the double entendres of sex farm are <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yo, hey <laughs> so all right um anything else on spinal tap before we move on we have a lot of bands to talk about, so I know there'll be varying degrees of discussion, but don't eat, don't eat yeah. their cucumbers. <laughs> <laughs> we we there there is too much to say about Spinal Tap. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I've already said it several times before in talking to this movie about this movie. It's got the greatest being thrown under the bus scene in movie history. <laughs> he wrote yes. this. No, no, he wrote this. <laughs> <laughs> Small, sorry, sorry. All right. Well, let's move on to another uh, band brought up by our friend Brian Boz, uh, Sex Babom from Scott Pilgrim. Uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Versus the world. Sorry, I couldn't remember the by the by title on there. Okay, let's start with Launchpad McQuack. Uh, that's not the actual title of this. <laughs> So, Mike, this is your movie. Actually, it's probably Todd's movie, too. Uh, I mean... He does. He plays that guitar, and they did beat that uh, that Asian twin, the Asian twins in uh, the Battle of the Bands. Yep. Their gorilla beat their double-headed dragon. <laughs> hmm. I so, ba- so basically the opposite of Godzilla versus Kong. Yes. I just what's funny to me about Scott Pilgrim, and I, I like the movie. I don't. I'm not in love with the movie like some people are really in love with the movie. I think it's got a great visual style. I think it tells a great story. But the one thing that pulls me out as a, a, a lover of Rickenbacker guitars is how in the hell can Scott Pilgrim, who is poorer than poor, afford a Rickenbacker bass? Well, that's why he's poor because he bought that with all his money and couldn't get anything back. Exactly. <laughs> Have you ever priced a Rickenbacker guitar? Just a regular. They're not, not cheap. They are, they are not cheap. 
They are not cheap at all. They are like the they, the Rickenbackers are like small batch whiskey. They don't put out a whole bunch of versions. It's like, yeah, we just decided to put out five this year. Enjoy. Fight over them. Yeah. You'll take what we'll give you and you'll like it. <laughs> I'm going to go back and rewatch this. I haven't seen this movie since it came out. And I, I don't I, remember the music at all. I have to say, I have not watched this movie. It's one of those movies that I wanted to watch, but I never got around to it. And I think part of it was because it got wicked bad reviews when it came out. Yeah. And uh, let's let, let's also not forget the uh, the other band, one of the other bands in that one, the Clash at Demonhead. Oh yeah, <laughs> with uh, um, Brie Larson. Oh, okay. The main singer in that one. Nice. Yeah, she played uh, Scott's ex girlfriend Envy. Huh. Who knew? Yeah. <laughs> That's really. It. I, I gotta go. It's been legitimately. I haven't seen this since it came out. So I, I do need to watch it again. I think it might be on Netflix. Well, if anyone needs the soundtrack, I've got it on CD. I'm sure uh, someone might that. have it on vinyl. But I was going to say. <laughs> you, know what? you know what? I was browsing, and I did see it. A four-disc picture picture disc edition for like 120 bucks. A little out of my price range. Yeah. Uh, Andy, it is, Andy, it is available on Netflix. It is available really? on Netflix, and it has Aubrey Plaza, Chris Evans... Yeah, Brother and, Superman, and um, the uh, good uh, Culkin brother. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ready to move on to a, a couple of more bands here because now we're moving over to Twitter uh, at Geek Salad Radio, and we start with friend of the show and author of the Time Travelers uh, Resort and Museum, Dave McLean. Dave, hey, Dave. Brings up Josie and the Pussycats. In college, yeah, my roommate and I had an argument over who was the hottest member of Josie and the Pussycat. Remarkably, there was no pot involved in this story. Um. <laughs> and yeah, see, I know see, the animated Pussycats, not the live-action one. <laughs> clearly, clearly. They were so, they were so good, they, don't, they not only rocked Earth, but they rocked outer space, too. Whew. Yeah. That was, you know, that was about the only season I watched. About there's... Josie and the Pussycats without talking about Jabberjaw. Oh, God. Oh, oh God. Jesus. Right? <laughs> I thought you were going to say Jim and the Holograms. Oh, no, 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 no. That's completely separate. Absolutely yeah, completely separate. Yeah, I mean, they were both done. They were uh, both uh, Hanna-Barbera, weren't they? Right. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, it's gem, but yeah, like Josie the Punching Cats, Jabberjaw, uh, Captain Caveman, and the Angels. Um, yeah. and pretty much every uh, the Chan Clan. There were oh, like God. every animated Hanna Barbera cartoon from like the late sixties into like nineteen seventy three. Every That's single funny. one of them was in a band. 
They, they yes. were a that was like like all those countless Scooby Doo ripoffs all in a band. <laughs> like Speed Buggy, Clue Club. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. Absolutely. Uh, and it's like you know, it's just you know, let's reuse the animations, just reskin the characters, like you know, Jungle Book and Robin Hood. I was gonna say it's like it's not not it's not like Disney ever did that. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on then. Uh, friend of the show, Kurt Smith at Swayze of Arabia brings up Death Clock. Place called. This is, I believe, called food libraries. Food, food, food libraries. Library. It's called lib- the grocery store, you douchebags. I'm sorry about douchebags. I got, got low blood sugar. All right, here's the deal. We have to do our own shopping so we can make our own dinner like our regular jackoffs do. Now you're all in charge of putting together one dish. And don't just buy booze. That ain't food. What do you mean, booze ain't food? I'd rather chop off my ding-dong than admit that. You'd rather chop off your ding-dong than not drink? Yeah! Wow-wee! Oh, I love that clock. I love that show. Oh, speaking of which... My husband loves Death Clock. Uh, I got a co-worker, my co-worker Kevin, who is a fan of the show. He also is a Death Clock fan. It's his favorite uh, heavy metal band. Nice. Speaking of which, uh, I believe they're getting a movie. Yes. Yes, they are. Yeah. It was just, re- it right. was just recently announced. Yeah, uh, they're getting a movie. Um, Aquatine Hunger Force is getting another movie. And one other. Um, I thought it was the Venture Brothers. Yes, it was the Venture Brothers. Okay. And you know, you know the, thing, the, the amazing thing about Death Clock is when you think about who the creator is, Brandon Smalls, and he's the same guy who gave us home movies. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> well, He's it's also interesting. also very funny on uh, Comedy yep. Bang Bang. Yeah. Yep. What's, what's interesting? I saw an interview with Brandon Small where he was talking about like the how, that his idea for Death Clock was he was actually going to make an animated band that really looked like they were playing the instruments, and his counterpoint to that was Josie and the Pussycats. All three of the members are doing the same motions for every single song, and the song's just playing over them. Right. Where when you see Death Clock, I mean, there is some standard animation there, like like when they're when they're, there's like a wide shot of them, you know, both Squizzguard choking or yeah, like when Squiz, yeah, Squizzguard's doing his uh, his head banging. I mean, it's it's the same animation every time. But the the guitar when they when they close up close up on that when they're close up on them, you can see their fingers hitting different frets and like making legitimate chords and stuff. Yeah, I've, I've actually read somewhere that they they're actually playing the correct notes. Right. So nice. You know, it's, it's, it's like it's, it's like Squidward <laughs> says it's it's it's, it's like how do you say I'm better than you? <laughs> I I just went back and I watched all four seasons of this show. Um, oh my god, I forget how good this show was. <laughs> oh, it's so it's so classic because these guys are so oblivious. To the world around them, and, and the in, the impact that they have, they're, you know, they're they're the most successful rock and roll band of all time, but they have no clue whatsoever. In the world, you know, what they they know of nothing beyond their castle, right? But I love the, I just love like the background of all of the characters, you know, like 
Oh, um, oh, the best, the best ones, the best episodes are when they have their parents. Oh my god! <laughs> and and the great thing is, like Nathan, you think yeah. he's like this hardcore? He actually like gets really along really well with his father and shit. <laughs> they like go <going laughs> fishing and stuff, and you're like, what? Yeah, I um, love Swiss. Father is like an absolute whore. Oh god! There's why you that. Or Toki's just like man child, <laughs> with, with like the, the super puritanical fa- parents. Yep, he's like this man child. He's got toys and models all over his room, and he's just like cl- clueless. I love it, but I love how they shit on that on like the, like the the Norwegian accents because they both talk like this. <laughs> um. Yeah, and yep. the, char- the characters were designed by the late John Schnapp. What's that? The characters were all designed, and most of the, most of, a lot of the episodes were directed by the late John Schnapp. Yep. Oh, man. It is. It is just crazy, and, and we can't talk about Death Clock without talking about Doctor Roxo. The Rock and Roll Clown. So when I, read, I watched it, I did not. It never once occurred to me until I was rewatching that Dr. Roxo's bland Zaz Blasmataz was Van Halen. Oh god, yeah. <laughs> oh, you, you, I knew that right away. I knew like, oh, this guy's Van this guy's uh, David Lee Roth. Easy. You think this is the first time that group of f- clouds has tried to reunite? What's the means? There was that one time they almost reunited, but Roxo drank a whole bunch of ass right before he went on stage and just spent the whole night spraying some lady with huge tits in the front row with a big spraying thing, and they didn't even play one song. Canceled. Then there was that one time they were supposed to reunite, but Roxo the night before smuggled like 20 condoms worth of cocaine into his intestines. Then he ate some super spicy Mexican food, and the condoms melted in the OD, and he couldn't perform. Canceled. There was that one time they were about to reunite, and it was like Roxo borrowed $20 million from the Ecuadorian drug cartel, and they are like, give us our money back. He's like, no, I can't give you money back. And they're like, well, you're going to shoot. He's like, well, fine, shoot me. And they shot him. And now he pees out of the side of his dick. And, uh, they canceled the show. I love it, too, because there's that, you know, it's like that, that 80s trope of, like, you write a song about an underage girl that, like, gave you a blowjob at a hotel somewhere. Yeah. It, it got him driven out of that small Texas town. And then she finally comes back, like, 35 years later to see him. And she got older, as we all do. And he's like, you got fat! Yeah. <laughs> but, but she had a smoking hot daughter. And that's it. Like, Kick it again! I, I think it's hilarious. I think the show is hilarious. <laughs> there was that Death Corraldo one where they were like, they had they were on that riverboat. And oh, God. They, were, they were like in the jungle. And uh, Murder Face was just kind of like, sunbathing for no good reason, even though they're like, no, there are bugs that are crawl up your dick. <laughs> but he's just, he's sitting there just like splayed and, and Squizgard is just like, oh, jeez, that's terrible. It's all cows and things. It's like, well, of course it is. I play the bass with my dick. What do you want? Well, you know, you know, you, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Andy, you know, you know how you mentioned that Spinal Tap plays on every rock and roll trope. Yeah. Well, I mean, this takes it to the next level. Like the episode where, like, um, they, they, you, the uh, murder face finds out that they've been overdubbing his bass lines because nobody wants to listen to the bass in a heavy metal band. 
We had that conversation when we were talking about Metallica. Yeah. Yeah, and this is this this is like yeah, this is it. This is exactly nobody listens to the bass in a in a heavy metal band. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think the show is just it's brilliant. It really is good. I'm so happy we're getting a movie finally. So awesome. Awesome. Well, Kurt, thanks for bringing that one up. Kurt also brings up Spinal Tap. He brings up the Max Rebo band from Return of the Jedi, but not the special edition version of Jedi, the original version. Jabba the Hutt's hottest singer was blown to smithereens, but his rock and roll will never die. Presenting Max Rebo's greatest hits, including Why Do I Look Like an Elephant? Ooh, I have an average memory. And his Grammy Award winning single, I already told you I'm not an elephant. And his famous duet with Insync's Joey Fatone. Greatest hits the guy who looks like a blue elephant. Order now. That's Damn, the, one. Just the OG version so much better. Yeah. The, yeah. Now, do you know the type of music that they were playing? Jazz? Jizz. Jizz. Jizz oh, wailers. They are wailing jizz. The jizz. They are wailing the jizz. Okay. Because George Lucas has never been older than 12. <laughs> but I agree with Kurt though because um, the Mash Rebo band is so much better than like the Yaz Wowza experience where we have a fourth wall break for the first time in Star Wars history <laughs> oh yeah when it's like right in your face yeah ah! <laughs> you can see like the spit coming out <laughs> just completely uh, unnecessary yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, don't worry. The next special edition, um, all the lightsabers will be walkie-talkies, and we'll be good to go. <laughs> all right. So next up, we've got KCA, Night of Autumn, at um, Initiative of One. Also brings up Death Clock is my favorite metal band. They have two songs about murdering a mermaid. <laughs> <laughs> is that a gif of a Christmas tree with a <clears throat> around it, and I think this is going to be Nathan saying, it's like having a rotting corpse in your home, but the corpse is of a tree. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Punch the Timeline podcast, which is at Timeline Punch, brings up The Heights. They had a number one song in the country and an Emmy nomination and still got cancelled. Ugh. It, wait, wasn't that the one where uh, the lead singer like abused like didn't the lead singer like abuse Donna or something like that in like Donna Two One Zero? Was this like oh yeah because it was it was done from Aaron Spelling right so it was like it was tied into all of the other things right. yeah it was it was a, was it a spinoff of Nine Hundred Two One Zero or Melrose Place I think it was a spinoff of Nine Hundred Two One Zero or possibly but I remember the kid that did the lead singer he was on Nine Hundred Two uh, Nine Hundred Two One Zero for a while and 
was dating Donna and then basically was beating the shit out of her from time to time. And, of course, you know, now if David Silver came into the play, ah, where's John Wallach when you need him? <laughs> now, now you're just speaking a foreign language that no one else here understands. Oh, no, I understand. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's, so next that's my, that's my no, no longer secret shame. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, in all fairness, though, I do love that theme song. How do you talk to an angel? Oh, my God, that got so much airplay. Oh, it did. Yeah, I still it was loved it. those things. Every time it came on, it's like my friend Erica would just like, add it your talk to it. It was just that. Like, what's going wrong? <laughs> How many guys tried to use that song like, you know, like, woo a girl? I did not, fortunately. Uh, <laughs> no, I knew I knew better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that, came, that song came out in 1992. I was a sophomore in college. I had a pretty gothy girlfriend at the time. So, yeah, I didn't need to. I didn't need to do that. I hadn't met my future first wife at the time, so, no. Yeah. That, that song did hit number one on the Billboard Hot 100, and the, yes, series, was can, the series was canceled exactly one week after it fell out of the number one shot. Yeah. <laughs> All right, this song's gone past. Let's get rid of the show. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, congratulations on your number one novelty song. Fuck. Cancel. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I mean, it, it, it's got a great sax solo, and I do, I'm, I do have a uh, weakness for a sax solo. Yeah, you are a sucker for a sexy sax. Yes, yeah. I am. Sergio. <laughs> yeah, that's hey, no disrespecting Tim Capello. I'm not. I'm not. I, I just I don't get how that look never caught on because you know <laughs> on and it backfired horribly with a bunch of out of shape dudes just like walking around in tight leather pants with you know, <laughs> a saxophone. Oh, um, come on, and- come on, Andy. We know during that during this time of the of your life that you never talk about that was your look. You know it. Yeah, no, no. I, I would, I would cop to that. I would just cop to that. I would cop to the Doctor Fink from Prince and the Revolution look. Didn't do that either. <laughs> so anyway, let's move on now to Mike the Naked Bigfoot at Voodoo Man Three, who brings up oh a Brandon Small creation, Scab from Home Movies. Super awesome. <laughs> uh, don't know it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's been so. It's been so long since I've seen uh, home movies. I, I barely remember it. Yeah, I watched home movies. I just I don't remember. I, very little, rem- but I remember. Yeah. So then we've got Night of the Living podcast, which is at Night of the LP. Uh, who also brings up uh, Frigger and Dan and the model nodes with their other hit. Hey, 
Okay. Yeah, well, yeah, if, yeah. If, if you have the original the other, soundtrack, yeah, the it's other not on the original soundtrack, but it's on the like on the four disc CD complete Star Wars that came out back in like 1994. Yeah, it, it's on the second song is on there, and Mike Cicerone, which is better, Spotify of the. Hold on. Oh yeah. That which I think, which I think is a better, which I think is better than the Cantina one. Yep. Andy, I totally missed what you were gonna say. I was gonna. That I was good. Spotify playlist of the other song. We need oh. to have. <laughs> yes, we do. Yeah. You know me exactly. and my other hits. I'm a, deep <laughs> cut, I'm a deep cut guy. You know. I mean, what yeah. can I say? Exactly. That reminds me. I I saw a. I guess you could call it a meme, but it said check check out this playlist, and it said it was on Spotify, and it said. Sexy Time playlist, and it was just all the Cantina song. Right? <laughs> oh yeah, that's yeah, that's that's it. That's go- that's going on loop. <laughs> I, I, I will. I will not. I will not lie that uh, when faced with situations where I have to go to a gathering of um, just let's just say an odd assortment of people, the Cantina theme does go through my head. <laughs> oh, Andy, I know what you're talking about. I'm not going to say it, but I know what you're talking about. <laughs> Sometime, or I'll text it to you all later. Uh, yep. Andy, Jim, and I experienced this. Yep. Okay. Moving on, we've got Good Game Guys at uh, Good Game Guys Pod brings up Easy Gorillas 100%. Windmill, windmill for the land, the forever hand in hand. Take it all out on your stride, it is taking voting down. Love forever, love is free, let's turn forever, you and me. Windmill, windmill for the land, it's everybody My my husband is a big fan of the Gorillas, and he was trying to sell me on it. And I'm like, no, they actually put out real music and real albums. And yeah, like, that's, but that's the band doesn't exist. And and uh, since we're we're honoring it, I was like, I have to give it to you because yeah, the band does a, not exist. They, they they don't exist, but they have mo- multiple records and multiple <laughs> hits. Right. And backstage passes. I'm <laughs> not kidding. I no, am no. not kidding. <laughs> they tour. They tour. They, tour. they have backstage passes for cartoons. But yes, this, this is legitimately the first time I've learned that they don't actually exist because I always thought they existed because I I sold their CDs when I worked at Circuit City. Yep. <laughs> Are right. We it, well, right. If, you, if right, if you didn't know better, if you didn't know better, you think it was you know because of the the album was you think the cover art on the album was just like. A, uh, stylized caricatures of the artists. That's exactly you what know? I thought. Oh. Nope. <laughs> nope. That's them. Um, yep. It was it was it was a super group where they decided not to use their real names and use animated characters in lieu of you know actually going out and performing. That's right. So cool. <laughs> so. That's so cool. And, that, and that's and not for, to say that I mean that's not to say they they don't have good songs. I mean they they got a pretty good, a couple of good songs. Like oh, one yeah. of my favorites is uh, Mel- "Melancholy Hill." I love that song. Gorillaz has a lot of great music. 
And for those yeah. interested in Record Store Day, there will be a box set coming out. On <laughs> <Record Store> Day. <laughs> June 12th or July 17th. Don't know which one it's coming out on. Okay. Well, all I know is that I'm going to be going cash in hand on June 12th. So, all right. All right. Let's move on. Uh, the Two Nerdy Podcast at Two Nerdy Podcast brings up, hands down, Scrantonicity 2. This is not our first wedding. This is the third wedding that Scrantonicity has played. We also played our bassist wedding and our guitarist's wedding. <laughs> not Scrantonicity 1, which Kevin is no longer a part of. <laughs> It's interesting, too, because he, he put a gif of Kevin, like, uh, twirling his uh, drumstick and then smashing a cymbal. <laughs> one of the funniest things I saw him do, uh, Bruce Baumgartner, was it was like in one of the other, se- you know, the post-Michael Scott seasons. It was uh, it was when, uh, what's his name, Robert California was, like, bringing his band guys in, and they all took over. <laughs> so at the end, uh, Kevin is, like, playing, like, they're doing, like, a drum battle with another drummer. And Kevin's just taking the drum, he just, just, just throws the sticks at the drum and said whatever. But I guess he was like a pretty good drummer, to be yeah. honest. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they and they kept showing Kevin as being a drummer. Like, anytime they needed someone to play drums, he was always there. It's kind of like with Creed, who's actually Creed. Yeah. Creed <laughs> right. from, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, from the grassroots. I was going to say right. 10 years after. That's a different band. <laughs> So Infectious Groove Podcast at Infectious underscore pod. We've already brought it up, but I, I got to bring this up here. So the image is Spinal Tap. And here's my tattoo is proof that they're my favorite. So the, the picture he's got here is um, two volume controls, both gone up to 11, volume one, volume two. And underneath it, it just says one louder. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Hops Geek News at Geek Hops brings up We Are Sex Babomb! Okay. Yep. Thir- uh, 30 Nerdy and Thriving Podcast at 30 Nerdy Pod uh, brings up Jeffster. I am not all that familiar with. Neither am I. I've uh, never heard of him. Yeah, and you put a gif on there too. I just, I just don't know. Um, okay. Okay, okay, okay. So Jeffster is from Chuck. Oh, oh, okay. Well, of course, of course, Catherine will know it's from Chuck. You hear the drums echoing tonight, but she hears only whispers of some quiet conversation. No, but let a man have his dream, even if it is for five minutes. I love, I love the series Chuck. I have most of it on DVD. I think maybe all of it, but yeah, yeah, you know, no, Jeffster is from Chuck, and uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jeff plays uh, the keytar. Oh God! There you go. <laughs> and then, uh, and then, uh, oh, I forget, I forget the other guy's name, but yeah, he sings. Okay, is that Dax Shepard's character? Because I'm looking at Dax Shepard right now. 
on this. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. Yep, yep, yep. Cool. That makes sense. That tracks. All right. So the Booze and Spirits podcast at uh, Booze Spirit Pod brings up a tie between the Misfits from Gem and the Holograms. And the commitments. Yeah? God bless your brother rabbit. Do your van need a trumpet? You're the same age as me, da. You may speak the truth, but I'm 16 years younger than B.B. King. You've heard of B.B. King? I jammed with the man. Piss off. Lester Mecca 1972. Didn't give me best, though, with a bit of a head cold. What's your name, pal? Joseph Fagan. Joey DeLips. Fagan. And I'm Jimmy the Bollocks Rabbit. I earned my name for my horn playing. What you earn yours for? Don't get snotty with me, son. I get snotty with no man. You're trying to tell me you play with BB King? Among others, brother. Like? Have we got all day? Screaming Jay Hawkins, Marta Reeves, Sam Cook, poor Sam, Otis Redding, may the Lord of Mercy on his sweet soul, Joe Tex, the Four Tops, Stevie Wonder, he was only 11. A pup. Wilson Pickett. What are you doing in Dublin? I'm tired of the road. My mammy isn't very well. Why would you want to join us? The Lord sent me. The Lord blows my trumpet. Commitments is a great movie. And a great soundtrack. I love the commitments. Yeah, that's they that's a that's up there. They're, yeah. And it's celebrating its thirtieth anniversary this year. Nice. Yeah, I, and, I just, and, I have to, and, I, and I have to say they, that movie has one of the best renditions of Mustang Sally I have ever heard. Absolutely. Actually, and that scene too, the scene in the movie where um, Jimmy Rabbit is telling them how to sing because he's not mm-hmm. the musician, he's the, the mind. And you know, you've got like the three Irish girls singing. Just, no, no, it's ride Sally ride that roid Sally roid. <laughs> <laughs> Who else got thoughts on the commitments? I know Todd's got thoughts on the commitments. Does he have the vinyl volume? Does he got the vinyl? <laughs> no, no vinyl on that no. one. Sorry. No. Uh, oh, I'm not man. infallible. I just have a lot. <laughs> <laughs> just not that one. Yeah. Right. I, I got to go back and watch this one, too. This one is just... It, I, it, what I love about it is how just... After, like, they start to build the band up, they have one good performance, and then they implode because everybody gets full of themselves. Yep. <laughs> Lead Singer was the worst, too. He was, like, such a jerk. Yeah. Yeah, he had, like, this amazing voice. Yeah. But I remember, like, the saxophone player was, um... You know, he got his jazz haircut, and Jimmy was going to kick him out of the band because of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he lost his, like, little pompadour or whatever he had. Yep, and then uh, Cole Meany as uh, Jimmy's father, yep. who was just really into Elvis. <laughs> Did you ever see Elvis mess around with drugs? Nah, I told you. <laughs> <laughs> you insolent fuck. 
yeah, this is a fun movie. Now, the interesting thing about this movie is the two most successful people, actually, there are three people from this movie that became very successful afterward. Um, one of the backup singers, uh, actually, we just saw her in our last episode. She was the uh, pilot who got blowed up real good at the very beginning of Phantom Menace. Oh, yeah. With all due respect, your, your chancellorship, um, and uh, the one of the other, not she was, in, wait, she was uh, wait, she was also she was also in Pulp Fiction too. Yeah, she was. Yep. They didn't that going to going to picture nipples now, do they? I believe, <laughs> I believe she was the girl with all the shit in her face. Oh no, that's yeah, uh, I'm sorry, that was Roseanne Arquette. No, 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 that was that was Roseanne Arquette. Yeah. She was the one yeah. to talk about it. Um. But then uh, Maria Doyle Kennedy was one of the other backup singers, and she has done like everything. She was in the Tudors. She just does a lot of TV. Um, and the guy who was the guitar player for um, for the Commitments went on to win an Oscar for uh, Falling Slowly from um, Once. Glenn Hansard. Yeah, Glenn Hansard. Th- thank you. Very talented musician. Very talented. Yeah. Yeah, Andy, you just talking about like the band members that were successful? Mm-hmm. Okay, he's wasn't sure like because Cole Meany obviously has had a decent career. Cole, you know what? I didn't think he, Cole, yeah, but Cole, Me- Cole Meany had a successful career before. Right. He was in right. uh, he was in Next Generation before he, he did the Commitments. If you really think about it, he was kind of like the big name of the movie. Well, yeah, relatively speaking. Um, yeah, because he was in Next Generation, then he moved on to DS Nine. So, yep, he was a major player in both of. Well. Some of Next Generation, then um, DS9 was pretty much a main cast member. Yeah, yeah, he was more he was more of a main character in DS9. Right. Yeah. And then, um, so let's move on. Geek Freaks podcast at Geek Freak Pod brings up Death Clock. Best fictional friends podcast at uh, podcast underscore BFF brings up Sex Bomb. Uh, Game for a Movie podcast at Game for a Movie P1 says. I keep saying uh, them, but Eddie of the Cruisers from the film Eddie of the Cruisers and Eddie of the Cruisers 2. No sense in ever playing music again, sir. It was 18 years ago that a turquoise Chevy convertible went off the Raritan Bridge. Its driver was Eddie Wilson of Eddie and the Cruisers. His body was never found. You ever wonder what it might have been like if he was still around? I used to wonder. It ate me up. And some nights it's like Eddie's still alive. You don't understand. Not yet he died, the cruisers died with him. There was in the Frank, what happened that last night at the recording studio? The night that he died. There's no way on earth I'd go into that with you. Last night, there was a car sitting in my driveway. Just like Eddie's. He blinked the headlights high and low and high again. That's a good one. Yeah. I, Dark Side I, was a great song. I only remember all of these songs because John Caffrey and the Beaver Brown Band, who were essentially 
the band they were, who they, did they, they, they were yeah they they were Eddie and the Cruisers. I mean, really, right. Think about it. So we heard it's like they may as well have been a Boston band. Yeah. So like BCN was playing the hell out of them all the time. I don't know if AAF was or if AAF was like, all right, well here's some more Striper for you. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Catherine has spoken. Yeah, Catherine has spoken. Uh, as the person that listened to AAF, I'm going to go with no. Okay. I've never um, watched Eddie and the Cruisers. Uh, I'm not familiar with Eddie and the Cruisers, but no. It's kind of your, t- it's, your, yeah, it's your typical like hard luck band you know, story kind of thing. Yeah. Right. But they became famous because the, the lead singer went missing. Um, yeah. I remember that, like the the two hits that they had off the soundtrack. Which, by the way, this is an interesting story because the movie came out, I think, in 1983 and bombed horribly, and then it was rescued by HBO. Yes. Yep. You know, back in the day, yeah, because it used to be known as <laughs> Beastmasters on, uh, they would show these show these movies that just got a second life because of that, and because of that HBO run. Um, the soundtrack started selling, and then, you know, On the Dark Side became a huge hit. There were, like, two versions of that video, too. It was, like, a version with the movie characters singing, and right. then there was the actual John Cafferty and the Beaver Brown Band version of them singing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You can't just say John Cafferty. It's John yeah. Cafferty and, yeah, the, Beaver and Brown Brown the Beaver Brown Band. Band. you got to say that. Yeah, exactly. All right, let's move on. Lost Spaces podcast at Lost Space Pod brings up Gem and the Holograms. Yeah. Truly outrageous. Truly, 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 truly outrageous. outrageous. I mean, when, when, you get a, when you get a computer that can, you know, give you a whole brand new outfit just with, you know, a little shake of the uh, earring. I mean, that's, that's right. Just, that's straight up 1980s technology right there. And, I mean, yeah. come and, on. And, and let, let's be honest. I mean, and Jim's boyfriend, Rio, with the purple hair. I mean, that's you can't get yeah. any better than that. Right, exactly. Of course, of course, he always liked whatever, you know, there, there was a point where, like, he was going for, every time she was, like, a different character, he, it was like, he's like, I'm into you, I'm into you, I'm into you, and the robot was like, no, he's just into you, it's not like he's chasing every girl around, it's always <laughs> you underneath. Okay. Yeah. I think one of the gem songs was actually by that, like, Do You See Me or something like that. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, the, the conflict with, do I tell him? <laughs> she, she, was, she was Miley Cyrus before Miley Cyrus was a thing. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. If you really think about <laughs> she, it, yeah. She she totally was. And then, of course, there was, like, the Misfits, which we brought up earlier, 
uh, yeah. wiping out one of their tapes with a magnet, which was when I learned that you could do that. Yep. <laughs> and then they made a movie that had absolutely nothing to do with Gem and the Holograms. Yep. Yeah, no. I no, think no, I... no. That recent movie, it was like somebody was came up with an idea and it's like, this is not bad, but let's make it Gem and the Holograms and get the uh, Gen Xers into it. Yeah, no. No. Yeah, I remember showing, I sent, because my, my sister-in-law was a huge, like, she loved Jim and the Holograms. I sent her the trailer when they first released the trailer, and she's like, what is this witchcraft you're sending me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, it's one of those things where they're probably banking, well, the name's popular, we'll, we'll get everybody to watch this. Nope. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. All right, let's move on. Comic book couples counseling at... Uh, CBCCP podcast brings up Ellen Aim and the Attackers. You want to talk about obscure movies from the early 80s? Look no further than Streets of Fire. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> that, 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 that was an early HBO special there. Yep. Man, that got a lot of airplay on HBO. And then you could yeah. always see the Dan Hartman song, I Can Dream About You, as constant. And the funny thing was, too, when you first saw that video, it wasn't Dan Hartman. It was the yep. band from that movie. And I thought the lead singer guy was Dan Hartman. I didn't yep. realize he was some white guy with a mullet. I'm going, wait a minute. <laughs> Wait, who's this guy? <laughs> uh, bring back the other guys. They were cool. <laughs> I'm like, is, that was one of those things. Like, oh, my mind was blown. <laughs> it is crazy though, how like how many like the, how many of these movies like flopped, but they had huge radio hits that you could still recognize today. Yeah, like if you're listening to an '80s playlist, or if you have satellite radio and you're listening to like '80s on eight, it's like you know, I could dream about you comes on. And you automatically know that song. Right. Yep. So, all right, let's move on to another mid-80s uh, flop. Uh, this is from B-Movie uh, Mad at uh, Katana Mullet Man. Brings up Dragon Sound from uh, Miami Connection. I've I've seen clips and um, I watched the I listened to the How Did This Get Made on Miami Connection. Oh, this band sucks. <laughs> you, you could tell this band wasn't playing any of their instruments because they also tried to implement kung fu moves. Oh God, <laughs> playing this. 
Yeah, the, the yeah. only way I know about anything about this movie is I know that they did a, they did a Riffrax live for it. Yes. And that's it. And I didn't even see that Riffrax live, actually. Yeah. And that, that's, I mean, that, this is a movie that's very obscure. And yeah. if you don't know the Riffrax stuff, like I said, then you're right. not going to know it. Right. All right. Joseph Hansel at Joseph Hansel brings up Eddie and the Cruisers. Kevin Hartman at Hartman Attack Man um, says, and of course, Wild Stallions. I'm Bill S. Preston, Esquire, and I'm Ted. Y- oh, Bill, here, let me take it. Okay. And I'm Ted Theodore Logan. Yeah! Uh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, they made they brought the planet together. Yeah, that's I right. Have seen the movie yet? Do they yeah. actually perform a song? Um, kind of. I saw the movie yeah. when it was uh, when it came out. I thought it was it was good. I mean, they did a good job, just kind of bringing everything around again. And yeah, it was it. It was interesting. It was kind of interesting how it kind of played out. Yeah, but I thought. Mm-hmm. It was better than I thought it would be. Okay. For sure. I enjoyed it a lot. Like, I did too. Yeah, like both of the first two movies. It was it was a really good movie. It's like they yeah. made a nice comeback and like, you know, it wasn't perfect, but it was great for what it was, and it actually was one of those things where it was a good nostalgia trip. Yeah. Yeah. I it's been sitting on Epics for like three months and I'm just like I I gotta sit down, I'm gonna watch this, but Oh just do it. It's yeah. good. I, I mean, as opposed to like coming, as opposed to coming to America, which was awful. I had, I didn't see that yet. But no, anyway. you're not you're not missing much. Save, yeah, save yourself, yeah. save yourself the pain. Save yourself. There there are are worse they try to take all the jokes of the first movie, put them in here, and it didn't really work. No, there are worse uh, ways to spend an hour and forty minutes. Yes. <laughs> all right, Kevin Hartman also brings up crucial taunt with an honorable mention for the shitty Beatles. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Tia Carrera fronted. Okay. Are, they, are they really shitty? Yeah, they suck. Well, it's not. What does he say? Well, that's a, just a uh, unique name or whatever he said. <laughs> and then uh, the pod calypse at uh, at a pod uh, group says Deathlock is Deathlock is my shit, and he's got an animated picture of Doctor Roxo. The rock and roll clown. I need cocaine. <laughs> So yeah, and then he then he responds back to my I do cocaine with a yeah yeah drug problem. Oh yeah, when he goes to rehab, nose falls off. Oh man! All right, well we've got thank you everybody for contributing to that. Thank you of this show thank Thank you thank you thank you everybody thank you so much it went so long i think we need to break this up into two sections because there are so many bands to talk about so it's funny how you say that because it's like first i'm thinking about it and then the more you you really go down a rabbit hole when you find these bands and so it's like yeah we definitely need more time for this well it's it's 
It's it's it's geek salad. Whenever we talk about music, we go long. Yeah, yeah we, we do. Because That's we love we music. <laughs> so we will be back next week with our picks for our favorite um, fictional bands that have not already been touched. Thank you for everybody who joined us uh, tonight for this. Uh, and as always, uh, we will we will talk to you a little bit. But don't forget, subscribe to us and, uh, on the social medias at Geek Salad Radio, on Twitter, Geek Salad Podcast, on Facebook. And you can check out our full archives wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and on YouTube. So check those out. So, until we return next week, I'm Andy. I'm Mike. I'm Joe. I'm Catherine. And I'm Mike. And I'm just too darn loud. (laughs) (laughs) We will talk to you next week. Dead monkeys are to split up again, according to their manager, Lefty Goldblatt. They've been in the business now ten years, nine as other groups. Originally the dead salmon, they became for a while trout, then fried trout, then poached trout in a white wine sauce, and finally herring. Splitting up for nearly a month, they reformed as red herring, which became dead herring for a while, and then dead loss, which reflected the current state of the group. Splitting up again to get their heads together, they reformed a fortnight later as Heads Together, a tight little name which lasted them through a difficult period when their drummer was suspected of suffering from death.